Stay hungry, stay foolish. Before we start the last Innovation Bite of 2022, I want to finally thank our sponsor, Zai. It's the last time you'll hear me say those words for a while. They have been our sponsor for the last 14 months and have helped us grow the show incredibly over that time. It's been an immense pleasure working with the team and Zai. You can find Zai at hellozai.com. Now imagine you arrive in a strange country. You are on your mission to go to your brand new organization where you're going to lead transformation. The organization is called DBS Bank. And you get into a taxi and you ask the taxi driver, bring me to DBS. And he says, oh, DBS, damn bloody slow, referring to the length of the ATM queues outside that bank. What runs through your head? Our guest today led the transformation from damn bloody slow to the best bank in the world five years in a row. He is the author, along with friend of the show, Scott Anthony, of Eat, Sleep, Innovate, and it's a great to have him on the show on Innovation Bites. Paul Cobbin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's uh, fantastic to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Paul. It's been a long time coming. I thought we'd focus on two things today, humanics and mechanics. And by that, I mean the mechanics being the reframing of the challenge ahead for DBS Bank, and then the humanics being the way you approach meetings. And for those who are regular listeners to the show, you'll know that I'm wearing a, a pin. And on this pin, it says pointless meeting survivor. And I'm wearing that for a very specific reason, which is the idea of mojo meetings that you ran in the bank. But let's start with that idea of reframing your competition as DBS Bank. You've picked on two things which were extremely important and two different dimensions of the transformation. And and you, you talk about reframing the competition. And that was really as part of our uh, mission of making having a very compelling and vivid picture of the future. So everybody in the organization really understood the direction we were taking. And the direction wasn't like any other bank. So we really had to think about what kind of company we wanted to be. And of course, like everybody else, um, we're a little bit earlier, but like everybody else, eventually started thinking about digital. And so we thought, who do we need to to be like? And so we went, like many other companies, visited some of the big tech companies, the Gandalf, the, the Amazons, but we went deep. We really, really tried to understand their context and their history. And what we discovered was Amazon had been through their own transformation, technology transformation, if you like. You know, Amazon.com started on a big mainframe, but they pretty quickly realized that at the speed they were growing, that wasn't going to be big enough. And, and they went through, obviously, the transformation that ultimately created AWS. And then Netflix, you know, they had a big outage early on uh, in their streaming offering. And they also recognized that if they want to be a serious streaming platform, they can't ever have that outage again. And that's why they were early adopters of, of AWS and, and cloud. And when we spoke to them, it's not, we realized there was nothing magical. We could do exactly what they had done. And in fact, they were very generous and, and open about what they were doing. Um, um, and we felt we could go faster. But more importantly than that was this kind of re as the reframing. So it's actually, we do not want to be like the other banks. We want to be like one of these big tech companies. And, and we actually came up with an acronym called Gandalf. G stood for Google, Apple, then Netflix, and then D for DBS, Amazon, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And so we want to be the D in Gandalf. You know? and so the message was, especially at that time to the internal developers, that you know, this is who you should think we're going to be like. And for them, it was a real 
sense of pride that you know I can you know be like one of these big cool companies and and that was really part of the motivation that led to these people you know having the passion to learn which was a massive learning curve for all of them and ultimately re-architect the entire application portfolio of of DBS which enabled us to be this uh, digital company there's a quote by Peter Drucker that constantly sticks with me he said that if you want to do something new you have to stop doing something old and I'm going to go to a quote from the book here because when you talked about that new culture within DBS you said in 2016 DBS's top leaders gathered in Singapore to talk about how the bank was progressing all agreed that though it made headway much work remained a major blocker you identified was dysfunctional meetings that entrenched organizational inertia and hindered innovation. Most meetings at DBS could be charitably described as inefficient. They would often start and run late, eating up time that leadership could otherwise have spent on innovation. Sometimes decisions were made and sometimes they were not. People would dutifully arrive without a clear sense of why they were there some participants were active, but many sat in defensive silence. And it is this last point that was most salient. Meetings, DBS's top leaders concluded, were suppressing diverse voices and reinforcing the status quo. These may seem innocuous when it comes to innovation and creativity, but if you're spending all your time doing something inefficient, how are you ever going to have the time to do something creative and certainly innovative? I'd love you to share what you did about this because this was a key move within the culture change within DBS. Absolutely. And whenever I you know, work with companies or do speaking events, the one thing everybody kind of goes, yeah, that's me, that's me, is when I talk about the issue with meetings. And, but we came at it from a, a slightly different angle that we had asked ourselves this question, what was getting in the way of us becoming the company that we needed to be. And when we asked the top 250 uh, people in the company what it was at a kind of a structured session that I was facilitating, you know, the answer was meetings. And quite frankly, I was a little bit shocked. You know, what's preventing us being a 27,000-person startup was a question. And they said meetings, you know. And so, you know, as you just described, it, it was getting in the way. And so we was part of an overall systematic approach to re- eliminating the barriers that were preventing us becoming this 27,000 person startup, something we had called culture by design. And so meetings, meeting mojo was uh, um, the outcome of a series of experiments. The first round didn't work at all. And we land on something that did work. And it was a ritual that we introduced um, for every single meeting uh, in DBS where uh, there was a MO, as in Mojo, so MO stands for meeting owner, and the meeting owner has to do three things. At the beginning of the meeting, so what the purpose of the meeting is, at the end of the meeting, summarize the meeting, and most importantly, during the course of the meeting, ensure there is equal share of voice, which is an idea we borrowed from Google. Mo also appoints Joe, and uh, so as in Mojo, and Joe stands for Joyful Observer, which is a nod to our mission of making banking joyful. And Joe just spends 30 seconds at the end of the meeting saying how well Mo did those three things. And then when we implemented this, our meeting effectiveness doubled as measured by surveys. And we estimated that on an annual basis, we were saving like a half a million employee hours worth of time because our meetings just got better and more structured. But more importantly than all that was 
that we had figured out how to systematically move towards a target state culture. Um, and through these meetings, uh, this new ritual, you know, as you just alluded to, is we were ensuring um, that people had a, a, some psychological safety in which to speak out, which is an essential ingredient to any company that wants to be innovative. Paul, I thought about how, going back to your taxi drive, the dramatic taxi drive all the way to DBS, but how you were an outsider and being an outsider sometimes is an advantage in that people expect you to come with a fresh voice, fresh opinions, outside ideas. And it can be very difficult for people, particularly people who have had long tenure within a career or within a bank like DBS, that they become less outspoken for fear of what it would mean to their career. Maybe it would derail them from some type of promotion, etc. So they remain mum, the mum effect, they keep quiet about their opinions, and they hold back. I'd love you to share your observations about this. Absolutely. You know, there is this a lot of fear in corporates, in corporate corporations, um, and a lot of leaders don't understand why there is fear. Um, and, you know, it's a lot about not necessarily losing their jobs. Certainly in DBS, we didn't fire anybody for speaking out in meetings, but it was a little bit of just fear of losing face, you know, that, you know, the boss saying, well, that's a dumb idea or that. And, and really, um, that's, as you mentioned, suppressed people's willingness to speak out. And even when we implemented Mojo, it improved dramatically, but it wasn't perfect. So we, we actually had to take a, another step. And another step was another ritual that we called, uh, raccoon. And Raccoon's got an interesting backstory. So uh, Netflix, one of the things we had learned at Netflix was their, how they had invented what they called chaos engineering, which was their software developers um, were tested on the resilience of their code by the infrastructure guys putting kind of what they called chaos monkeys into that, which was another kind of series of tools into their data centers that would cause havoc, you know, shut down a server. And, and therefore, the develop, developers had to make sure that their code would be resilient enough to deal with that. And our, we, having copied um, what Netflix had done as part of our Gandalf program, we'd introduced something we didn't call it Chaos Monkey, we called it Raccoon into our data centers. But then we had this idea that what would happen if you introduce Chaos Engineering or Raccoon into meetings? So at the, at the critical point where you're making a decision, you put some kind of some a ritual in place to make sure that you flush out some of this other opinions in the room. So it's very simple. So in every meeting that requires decision, at the de the moment of the decision, you put a PowerPoint slide in with this picture of, of raccoon. We had a little cartoon um, and a series of questions. You know, what did we miss? What have we got wrong? You know, what's the what's the counter opinion here? And the meeting owner would then would pick on people typically who hadn't said anything yet. So what do you think about this? And nine times out of 10, when that was done well, we got a piece of information out of somebody who hadn't spoken that really helped make that decision. Um, and interestingly, it became part of the vernacular. And, and people would say, outside meeting situations, they'd say, I'm about to be a raccoon here. And it was kind of giving themselves psychological safety to challenge the status quo. You know, and it, it was, I would say, for solving the equal share of voice and getting these opinions out of the, the quieter people, it was more powerful than Mojo. If you think about the typical, you know, classic corporate leader, 
You know, they've grown up in an environment where they've just been expected to be right all the time. But because things are moving so quickly and, you know, with VUCA kind of life that we live, the ability for any individual to be right all the time is, is simply impossible. So why should we expect it? Another thing we learned from the Gandalf company is that, you know, when they come up with ideas, they expect one in 20 actually to be a good idea. You know, so you should expect to be wrong as, as a leader. And therefore, the first thing you go to is the collective intelligence of the room. You know, so many leaders just haven't been brought up in that way. So you need these little nudges to make it normal. Um, and when you run Mojo for the first time or Mo uh, Raccoon for the first time, it feels uncomfortable. And I thought to myself, this is uncomfortable. Is this right? And then I realized if it didn't feel uncomfortable, we wouldn't be changing. You know, that, that, you know so that was quite an interesting kind of self-insight for me. Um, and so... You know, once you get to the collective intelligence of the room and you still don't really have enough data, then that's when you start thinking about experimentation and things like that. But the fundamental thing is leaders today need to have intellectual humility and expect to be wrong, and that's okay. Paul, for people who want to find you, you do keynotes, you work as a consultant with many financial organizations, you also do coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Where can people find you? www.paulcobban.com, and that's C-O-B-B-A-N. Um, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. Paul, as always, thank you for sharing your insights from this great transformation from damn bloody slow to the best bank five years in a row. Co-author of Eat, Sleep, Innovate, Paul Cobbin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's, as always, a pleasure. A final thank you to our sponsor, Zai. It's been a pleasure working with you for the last 14 months. You can find Zai at hellozai.com. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. See you for some amazing episodes in the new year, some deep dives, including the three-month series on the work of Clayton Christensen. We also have Mark Soames and a deep dive into his book, The Hidden Spring, The Journey to the Source of Consciousness, which is absolutely fascinating for anybody interested in the brain. We'll continue our episodes on brain bites, innovation bites, and so, so much more. It's been a pleasure joining you in 2022. See you in 23.